Shamanatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. So before I dive into this amazing conversation that I had with Jessica Pettit, all discussing the good enough and, you know, why you need to just do it and not wait to be good enough, and we kind of had a bit of a debate, which was very exciting. But before I dive into that, I want to let you know that I appreciate each and every one of you who have been listening all this time. We've done two years of the Inner Dominatrix show, and it is time for me to transition into something else. While I have enjoyed all of the time that I've had with my podcasts and with all of the guests that I've had on the show, I'm looking to go to more of a video-based platform, something more interactive and engaging, possibly on YouTube Live. So stay tuned. If you're not on the email list, make sure that you get signed up on the website. You can sign up for the newsletter or any of the freebies, and that'll get you in on the scoop of where to find more nuggets to stand in your inner dominatrix. So join me now with Jessica Pettit for an exciting debate about good enough. All right, welcome. This is going to be different. <laughs> so we are going to have this debate. Jessica Pettit has come on the show. We're going to have a debate. We're going to do it out about good enough. Should you be good enough? Should you just say, fuck it, not be good enough? Who cares? We're going to talk about it because... Oh, I'm not good enough. I should be uh, I knew this was going to be fun. This is going to be hilarious. <laughs> and at the same time, informational and educational, because my belief is that there's no such thing as enough. That is a bullshit term made up by a bunch of industry people who want you to buy shit. Ooh, I do like that approach. I would say that enough is all you got for all of the things that you're like refuse to do or start or that you're scared of or that you're afraid of or like, eh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> right? Like what if you just currently have enough to try and do something? I don't know if I could debate you. You like keep cracking me up here. <laughs> it was a skill I used in high school debate class. It's very good. It's very effective because it completely throws me off my game. And now I'm like, you know, I just want to be on your side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charm. Yeah. So like, so here's my, my thought about, so I completely agree with the capitalism thing. hundred percent. This is going to be fascinating, right? Because mm -hmm. I completely agree with you and disagree with you. Bonus. But if that. let's say that I wanted to give a donation. Oh, better. A, a graduation present. But I only have $10. Oh, well, that's, that's not enough. Mm. And what's likely to happen is you don't give a graduation present at all. That is craptastic. <laughs> you know what they would like better than zero? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. It's enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's the, I think where we're coming from is like there's the action of enough, mm -hmm. right? There's like taking action. It's like, it's good enough. Just fucking take action. Take some action rather than no action. And then there's like, oh yes. Okay. We've got to promote the good enough now, but promoting the book. it's just good enough. It's just good enough. Yeah. And, and then there's like the internal piece, right? Where we use that. I'm not good enough to beat ourselves up when it's completely bullshit because who's to say what good enough actually is? Where is that marker? Where is that defined? Like, show me where that definition is. How do we right. know? Well, and if, if I take your side of the argument for a second, if somebody else is required for me to reach the standard of good enough, mm -hmm. I may never, ever reach it, which is how, like, 
be working on an assembly line. So my husband tells the story all the time. He worked at a peanut packing place and he was really good at his job. So he's really fast. So they just sped up the machines, right? <laughs> like if someone else external to you is setting that standard, you're screwed. Yes. Completely screwed. Absolutely. But if an internal standard, I would say of yourself or your actions, then don't, don't allow it to be an excuse allow enough to actually be the motivator. That's what I would say. What would you say? So enough to be the motivator as in it's good enough. So do it anyway. And that should be the motivator to get you to do it. Yeah. Like the, the language that I use is trying is sometimes trying. See that play on words. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So if trying is going to be trying, what if you just tried to try? Like it's See, that that just yeah the, you know because there is no trying you do or do not so then the trying to try like it hurts my brain. I'm not Yoda, and I think trying matters. Um, not being Yoda is that there are so many things I'm terrified to lean into or to step step into or to begin or to like reinitiate or like like how to apologize. Okay, well, how many years are going to go by? How many books are you going to read? How many conferences are you going to go to before you're like, okay, I'm probably going to screw this up, but I'm at least going to try to try to do the thing that I've been putting off. Right. Yeah. Now, and that's where, where I – go ahead. No, no, where I was going to say where I agree with you is I would like my orthopedic surgeon to nail it, not <laughs> – Yes. <laughs> there are times where it's like, I would like expertise in there. Right. Let write me, eh, whatever, it's close enough. No, 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 that is not close enough. <laughs> no, that you need to like bit. <laughs> Which is why they like actually write on the leg, not this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the nurses will come in and not this one, <laughs> draw an arrow. Which and and even about. with medical examples, there's some things where like this is probably not going to work, right? Like we might not be able to remove all of the cancer. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know anyone who, who, well, I'm sure there's somebody, but I don't know a lot of people who are like, oh, well, then I'll just stay back here until you figure out how you could remove it all. Right. Right. Absolutely. Anyway. It's like, do, do your best. Yeah. Try, try it. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's that, that piece of like, to say try. You try, huh? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where people can kind of get lost in the the semantics of the wording, right? We can, we sometimes really like to play these mental games on ourselves. Like, Oh, I can't try. Or, you know, it's like, Oh, just, just try it. Just do it. Uh, you know, I like to just do it rather than the trying. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, the trying can be trying. It's just that piece of mm -hmm. always like, to me, the trying always just feels like, Oh, I'm, Oh, I tried, but it didn't work for me. You know, it's like, it's a very victim-y kind of thing, which I am so, you know, just, it's like that has got to go in everybody's language and everybody's energy field. The, the victim stuff is like, please, yeah. we have to kick that shit out. 100% agree with you. And how great would it be in the new year that like, that's what you consciously remove from your energy or the way that you approach people. But this like, that stuff, like whatever that font is. Those of you listening and not watching, it's just this like snivelly, like, yes. like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Unless my posit would be, that's all you can do. 
And you, I think only you really know the difference. Yeah. Cause it's, and it's interesting actually this, it's so great. The timing of this. I mean, we've tried to, to schedule this a few times. <laughs> tried. <laughs> we have, I think we originally spoke in what? <laughs> September. Yeah. September. And we've rescheduled it so many times. It's funny, but you know, this, this last two weeks I have been, you know, quote unquote forced, universally forced to do radical self-care and there's, there's nothing like, I'm just like, I can't be doing stuff. Like this is where I'm at right now. And like in the midst of an energetic upgrade. And if I do things during the energetic upgrade, it all goes to shit. Like I know this, I know this from previous experience. If I touch the computer, I'll blow it up. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, so let's not touch the computer too often because we don't want to run the risk. Right. And it's that understanding the difference between like right now I'm in a, I need to rest as compared to I'm just fucking the dog and, you know, wasting time. Like there's a difference in how I'm approaching it. Mm -hmm. And like you say, we're the only ones that know. I'm the only one that can decide whether it's that. On the outside, it looks like I'm, you know, just watching a lot of Netflix. And if the outcome of watching a lot of Netflix is like an upgraded version of yourself, then go for it. That's good enough for me right? But if you're watching Netflix and you know the outcome of this is not going to be a better person, a better version of yourself, because you're hiding from yourself or you're hiding from something right. else you're doing, that is not good enough. Yes. No, no. Pull the blinds up, open the curtains, get out there. <laughs> yeah. And that's that, you know, for me, it's a radical honesty with yourself, right? Be willing to really, you know, you know, look at it and say, okay, what am I doing? Am I avoiding or am I practicing self-care? What's, what's the real truth here? Right. And, and that's where for me, it's like, this is stop that good enough because, you know, the message in my head that I've been eliminating is this idea of like, I've got to push, I've got to, you know, this is end of the year. I got to be lining up where are my speaking gigs coming and what am I doing for 2019? And I don't know, like there's all of that have to stuff. And which is all just getting thrown mm -hmm. out because I'm like, fuck it. This is, nope. Things are changing. The way that I operate is changing. And yeah. this is what I need right now. And if I'm going to lead a new way, I have to lead first. So ditch all the other. And my tagline, tagline, so to speak, that goes along with the concept of good enough now, I think gets to the underbelly of that too, which is do the best you can with what you've already got some of the time, yeah. right? Like you can't say that sentence and be doing what looks like self-care that isn't self-care and you don't know that, you know, yeah. like do the best you can with what you got some of the time. That's how you can differentiate the differences. But if you don't mind, I want to go back because I want you go to talk it. about capitalism and its connection to good enough now because I think that's really important. Thank you. Um, I had gotten squirreled. I was like, Ooh, off the, so that's good. So I think there's the, like that, those messages are constantly coming in and showing us where, you know, oh, you don't have a, the nice enough car and you don't, you know, your girlfriend doesn't look as pretty as what this one does. And there's these messages of you're not thin enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not rich enough. And those messages are so dangerous for people because, A, is that even your goal? Like, especially with money. Like, I see this in the entrepreneurial world. There's this constant, you know, magical six figures, seven figures, right? There's all this talk about this is what you need to be striving for. And if you're not striving for it, then you're kind of a, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you in business? 
it's like, that's not everybody's goal. It doesn't have to be everybody's goal. Mm -hmm. Having that ability to kind of pull back and say, you know, I'm allowed to not go for six figures. I'm allowed to, you know, do it in the way that works for me to not look at trying to build the team. And it's okay if I'm doing it all myself, if this is what works for me, if it makes me happy, Mm -hmm. it's, that's what works for me and to hell with what other people think is good enough. Right. And isn't, isn't that the point of being self-employed? Yeah. I think we missed it somewhere. So so I feel like reminder, solopreneurs out there, two bonuses. Number one, I am in no meetings. I didn't ask to be in. Right. I don't sit in a carpeted cube. (laughs) Right. I don't have, a corporate calendar hanging in my corporate club. <laughs> no, I don't have any of that. You know why? I'm self-employed. You want to know what that also means? This year, thank you, capitalism. Um, according to my books that I also outsource and don't keep because I'm completely disorganized in my organized way, um, I have a significant loss in net profit this year mm. compared to last year. Now, the truth is, last year, I don't know how I made the money that I made last year. I never made that much money in my entire life, right? And uh, the net profit, are you ready? Ready? Ready, speaker world? The net profit last year when I was like, baller, 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 not six figures. Mm. Nope. Still more money than I've ever made in my entire life. And uh, was surprised by how much I underestimated taxes by. Surprise. Um, So I in March found out I owed $37,000 in taxes. Ouch. Uh, That was more than I netted the previous year. And I believe it is my civic moral duty to pay taxes. So I have a month to figure out how to literally get more liquid money than I did the year before. That's capitalism, right? And for people who are like, oh no, you have to be aiming for six figures, six figures. There are a lot of numbers in a six figure number. There are a lot of them, 999,999 of them to be precise. And you can set a goal anywhere you like to. All of those are six figure numbers. That's seven figures. No. 999,999. That's six. You could have a goal of $100,000 or 999. Oh, okay. Okay. That is a lot of numbers. Right. So when you say like, I got a five figure check. There's a lot. There's 999,999 five figures, right? People talk like that. This is capitalism to me. People talk like it this way that you immediately assume like, right? Then there's all this judgment in between all of those different layers. Run your own business. This year, I have a decline in net profits. You know why? I didn't want to work. Yeah. I used to do 180 gigs a year. Oh my goodness. I am tired. So this year, my goal was to do 30. Wow. 30, three zero instead of zero. That is a smaller number. Some would call it a sixth. And I did 38. So I didn't, I broke my own goal. I did more. You know, I, I love my job. I am fully rehydrated. I am a hundred percent ready to take on 2019 now. And I don't have a hundred or anything booked for next year. I think I have like four, maybe five booked for 2019. 
It's 2018. It's not even over yet. You know what? It's good enough. I am running my own business and am doing a good enough job at it because it is still open. Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's it's so important that we we really look at that balance. And, you know, you can be running around to get 100 plus gigs and, you know, not paying well and then you got all your expenses and the, the wear and tear on your body. You've already spoken to that. That's crazy. And, you know, if you if you narrow it in, you say, OK, I'm going to charge a little bit more. Yeah, well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the wear and tear on your friends, your family, your house pets, house plants, they need you on occasionally. They do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, I have to say I've actually held off getting another cat because, you know, I am gone and traveling. And so it's like, mm, I don't know if it's fair to go from me being home all the time to not being there to nobody being here because my husband works like crazy hours too. So it would go from, you know, somebody's always here to these days of, you know, maybe a week of nobody being around. I mean, that, that's like, poor pets are like, what, what happened? <laughs> and it is also possible that your pets will be like, get out the stripper poles, right? Like, <laughs> it's also possible. But the, the, so my husband is a philosophy professor. So, <clears throat> One of our favorite family phrases is can't know and can't know. And now we're back to trying, right? So like if you feel that it would be unfair as a cat partnered owner, whatever, I think the cats own humans, but whatever, yes. like back to capitalism, who owns whatever. <laughs> yes. But you're a slave to a cat. You really don't own the cat. Right. That's why I have dogs. Cause they're like, I love you. That's it. <laughs> If if you feel that it does not set your standard of being a cat in a cat partnership, then that's your standard. Good. Yeah. Good job. Way to do that exactly the way, right? Or if you set a standard that this is how much money you need to make and this is what you're willing to do to make that much money and things come in that aren't what you want to do, say no and then when you look and be like, I was on a dog walk the other day. I was talking about a gig that's fairly low paying, not an ideal audience, pretty easy, kind of burnt out on the topic, but okay. And my husband was like, why did you say yes? And I was like, I don't have a gig yet that month. Now my bills are paid. Right? Like I'm yeah. making rules. <laughs> they randomly magically picked a month that I was like, how am I going to pay the bills that month? Oh, Right. I'll go talk about this stupid topic relatively locally and it'll pay my bills that month. Okay, great. <laughs> now, somebody else picks that month. That role is already taken. Yeah. That's good enough. It is good enough. And and I love that idea. You know, it's it's evaluating it and saying, okay, well, what what works for you? Now, for me, I I take that kind of a step further and I I'll check in just energetically. Does it expand my my life and my business? And if the answer is yes, then I say yes. So sure. I'm not very logical with things, but it's the same kind of idea. Like, it's like, I'm so willing to say no to things that on the surface don't make sense to say no to. Mm -hmm. And I would say that there's a difference between saying no and saying I can't, which is deeply rooted in this good enough idea. Mm, so do you think people say I can't because they're not unwilling to say no? Yes. I think I think people say I can't because they haven't decided if they want to say no yet. They could still say yes. So they shy away from it and say, oh, I can't do that. 
mm. which gets back to that victim stuff you're talking about again. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, when you're to know, and you know, when it's a yes, and you know, when it's a yes. Yes. And then there's the stuff that we're like, well, just make a differentiation in your life and own that. Yeah. I do things all the time I probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I don't stand up for myself. I'm not a good advocate for myself. I'm ruthless when it comes to other people and people I care about. Right. But I know when I could have done better. Yeah. And I also know when I'm super proud of myself because I actually like did stand up for myself. Like I did do something that like isn't something that I kind of like have accustomed or created a habit. Right. Like I am in a incredibly civil conversation right now with my publisher. <laughs> and um, it's it's fascinating to me. And this is all about energy and power and all that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me how easily I have made a habit of being like, oh, oh OK. Mm. Oh, oh, OK. I didn't know. I've never done this before. Oh, OK. Right. Well. Um, I haven't done it before, but we have done it this one time. And here are the problems. Right. So, you know, as someone who teaches people how to have difficult conversations, irony, um, I <laughs> with them and was like, so I just want to kind of lay out what I see. And then I tried really hard to just like shut my face and let him fix it. How are you fixing this? Because this is a problem. Good for you. You know, and I, we don't have a resolve yet and we're still in super polite mode and this piece has to resolve and this piece has to resolve. And then I'm, the next step is, okay, how are you fixing this? This is not my problem. This is your problem. You even admitted it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Right. But like, it's slow going. It's not dramatic. No, Tom Cruise is not going to film this scene. (laughs) But I haven't quit standing up for myself. It's still moving forward. It is, it is, I am performing good enough. Yeah. Well, and getting that ball rolling, just get in there and start the conversation. Then, you know, okay. Then you can step back and say, what, what else do I need to do here? Right. How can I do that better? How can I do that better? Just incrementally moving it up as opposed to, sitting back and waiting till you somehow magically have all of the skills without having gone through the effort of learning how to get the skills. Like you can't learn the skills until you get in there and make a big mess of it. Right. So I think get in and make a mess early. Yeah. No, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. And I think it is also interesting and I'm agreeing with you now, this has been such a vicious debate. It has but, been. Um, it is possible that my publisher could say like, well, we did a good enough job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, now I'm the outside standard, right? Like, nope. Um, so one of the things we're talking about is like uh, type typing edits, copy edits. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I found typos in Harry Potter books, right? Like I am being realistic. It is hard to get every comma correct. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, there's like 90 typos in the prologue. Oh, that's way too many. Right? So... But what's fast, so this very polite conversation was him thinking that I was expecting perfection and me trying to explain like, oh no, 
I'm actually pretty, if I had three in the book, it would be better than one of the Harry Potter books I read, right? Like totally good. But we are in like a problem area. So the, there was that whole thing, right? So then the mm-hmm. publisher is like, you know, we like took on too many projects. Maybe we printed an old PDF. All of these things, I'm like, what? Like, I could have self-published this. What are we talking about? But that's not going to be helpful, that font, right? So I'm like, all right, well, let's see what we can do. So I'm still in dialogue. I'm trying to be respectful of his situation. And I feel he is being respectful of my situation. The book is now at an independent copy editor. Stay tuned, right? So at some point, we're going to have a now what? conversation and I'm all all like about it because the now what is how are you monetarily fixing the fact that I've sold 4,000 of these books when in reality the readers of the book very few of them have even mentioned a typo they're not the kind of typo most people would notice and I'm being a perfectionist academic right but they're in there so what are we going to do what how are we moving forward together yeah. And the the frustrating piece, right? Had I self-published this, I could have made all these changes already and be done. But this is this is what happens when you use an actual publishing house. Like this is a, a different relationship, right? So I can opt out. So going back to just do it, yes, no, there is no try, in out. Or this messy, muddy all right, well, we're now pig wrestling, so what are we going to do? Who's got the next one? What are we doing? How are we doing? That's important. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this it, it is messy. And, and you know, these days, I really think, like, the world has sped up too much. And we've lost our ability to, you know, to take our time and, and put out a craft, like put out something that's of quality. I think everybody's just in this big rush. You know, the publishers are like, oh, let me take on as many projects as I can and we'll cram them out the doors and we can make the money. Everybody's like, again, it comes back to that capital, capitalism thing, right? It's like money, 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 money. Instead of like, okay, how do we make sure that we serve deeply, charge appropriately and get a quality product out the door? But, you know, it's, it's just this huge thing of volume and it's like right. somehow not good enough if you are not producing volume and mm-hmm. having, you know, to run a seven figure business and bankrupted it. I know that the top figure means diddly squat. It's about what you take home. Yeah. If, if you're digging more in debt every day and you're, you know, supposedly grossing seven figures, it doesn't mean anything. No, not at all. Nothing. Yeah which could go on a whole nother tangent, but yeah. So good for you for having that discussion. Part of why I self-published. So my book. Uh Good job. Good job. (laughs) I've self-published everything else. And I think, I mean, interestingly along the lines of good enoughing still is that um, when I was pivoting audiences, I think I undervalued, well, I have a habit of undervaluing myself, so that's a given, mm-hmm. but I undervalued the experience that I had in the previous audience, and I undervalued its impact on a newer audience, and so I thought I'd write a book to kind of bridge the gap, but in doing that, proving that this was good enough and that it's good enough to where I'm headed, 
And so then I even ventured into using a publishing house because I didn't think that I was going to produce something good enough. Right. So like, so now I'm in a situation where I have a thing that according to the customers, it's fine. It's good enough. Right. Like, and the title of the book's good enough now. Ha, so many jokes, right? Like, (laughs) right. Nobody can complain about a typo in a book called good enough. Right. Like, okay, great. But it's mine. And now we're back to being self-employed. Right. And my name is on it and it's copyrighted and trademarked and like, it's important. And now I'm at a place and this is a hundred thousand years ago when you wrote that post about how you hated good enough is I have so much of my pride wrapped up in the things that I am now attempting that I would never have attempted before because I wasn't at some kind of like mythical perfect place. And it's fascinating to be able to inspire people to do that, you know, like to, to just be with what they have and, and find a place there that's not so hungry to consume or buy or grow or purchase or whatever, but just resting at that place is, is really cool. Nice. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a journey. I think that people miss that too, that it's like, we're not meant to really get it perfect, get it right. It is the journey of growing, evolving, experiencing. It's like, okay, so now we're in a different place. Now I'm putting out a quality product. I know my first book, I, you know, I cranked it out in a month, like from, like from start to print, like wow. one month, sat down one weekend, got it all. Like now I had a lot of the content already written because I just took my daily emails and converted those into a book. Right. But I still had to edit and format and do all the things so one weekend I did all of that and then we'd spent time crafting the cover and doing you know all the other bits and within a month I had a book physically in my hand I mean that's that's quite incredible this one took me 18 months to do that Mm -hmm. there was a lot more that I put into this book Mm -hmm. right and that that next time around was like oh okay you know what I want to do this differently I want to experience like putting more of my story and crafting it having it edited and having it come back from the editor and me needing to do like massive rewrites because (laughs) that was painful it was really bad I'm just gonna say (laughs) like necessary but painful (laughs) right But, you know, that piece, that process of like, okay, so I want to dig in. And then at some point it was, it did get to a place where like you talk about, it's good enough. I'm like, you know what? There's always going to be more. I've had people point out typos because they love doing that for me. (laughs) I don't know what it is, (laughs) but there's always going to be edits and typos and things that I'm going to, that I can fix, but good enough. And as you, your own ideas and content, I think they also change in meaning and application. And there's parts of my book when I was reading it to start doing my audio book, I disagree with myself now, you know, but (laughs) I've been using the content for three years, right? Like, does that mean I shouldn't have published a book? Like I'm more familiar with the content because I did publish a book. Exactly. You know, the the whole concept and and I know that, I don't know if this is going to be the power close or not, but the the whole concept actually happened when um my I have a younger brother, our parents died when we were younger, and so I was you know the matriarch all of a sudden, which is probably why I'm hard to supervise because I don't manage up. And um we were at a restaurant and my brother 
is eating his stuff in front of me. We have a very contentious relationship. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, I was trying to be like the ideal sister and knew I had these parenting responsibilities now and we we're pretty young. And um, anyway, so I had gone to, uh, started going to Al-Anon meetings, not because our parents were alcoholics or anything, but because it's about family dynamics. And then mm-hmm. I started articles and books and I went to a conference and I started doing all this stuff about parenting and I was telling him all this just like effervescenting all of the stuff that I have learned and credentials and stuff like that and my brother put his fork down and lowered his glasses and just said you could just return a phone call that would be plenty that I mean that would be good enough and it one, he's so right, right? I've been his sister his entire life. What am I learning? Mm-hmm. What am I learning to do? I'm all, I was screwing up being his sister while learning how to be a sister. <laughs> and that is like the quintessential mistake I make in almost everything I do. Is don't miss the opportunity while you're trying to make the opportunity the best you can. Like, that just, is brilliant. It really is. Because it's th- that sums it up for me as well in that when you just get in there and work at it and stop, you know, stop looking around for some guru to tell you the way to do it. Right. You get in there and you find your way that's going to work by doing it. And chances are you're already doing it. You're yeah. do, like you're doing it or not doing it while you're looking to see what you should be doing. Like, yeah, I love it. Okay, that is a good place to to leave that. This has been a delightful conversation. Loads of laughs. I don't know how much we debated, but oh well, good enough. I know. It's, I, I don't know that anyone's going to win a good enough now debate because we'll just. <laughs> you win. No, you win. No, you win. I think we agree far more than we disagree, but it's and it's also really a great discussion in that you know people can use different language. And it can still mean the same thing. It can, you know, pull the meaning out in a slightly different way so that it lands and kind of falls in a little bit deeper. So Mm -hmm. it's always great to have conversation from different perspectives. Well, and you, the point you brought up that I think is the strongest, best point is that if you're doing good enough now as a wet noodle to get out of doing something else, that is definitely not good enough. Yeah. Like no wet noodles. No wet noodles. That's that's a good. That'll be the quote for the show. No wet noodles. <laughs> yeah, ditch the victim, stand your power. Good yeah. enough. Just right. Fuck it. Do it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jessica. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, and I will see you soon in your own town. I know. Can't wait. Ah. Can't wait. Yay. <laughs>